Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Mahani Jahangiri, and welcome to Conversations with My Dog. Hi, Zoe. Hello. Hi, it's Mahani. So uh, I, I, let's go straight into the questions with the Mayhew. Can you describe the core ethics, um, the core ethics and aims of the Mayhew? Yeah, sure. So, um, so at Mayhew, we're rather unique. We are one of the lesser well-known animal welfare charities in London. That might be because in terms of size, in terms of kennels and cattery size, it's quite small compared to some of the other well-known charities, animal charities in London. However, our unique approach to animal welfare is quite different and always has been. So at Mayhew, we, we're very lucky to have uh, kennels and cattery on site. We hold up to about 35 dogs and 150 cats. We also have a theatre and clinic team and What's different about Mayhew is that we also have a group of animal welfare officers that work out in the community and our aim is to prevent animals from ending up in a rescue centre in the first place. So we do this in numerous ways. Best way to sum it up would be our core approaches is prevention, support and education. So we recognise the animal welfare issues in our community. Um, We understand why they're there. Mayhew's area is very kind of from one scale to another. You know, we've got very poverty stricken areas and then you've got very wealthy areas. Um, And it's just understanding the, you know, the reasons why animals end up in a rescue centre. And so we go out of our way to try and support owners keep their animals for starters because that's one of the main reasons why people give up their animals if they're going through a crisis situation they can be put in a position where they would have to give up their animal so we try and prevent that from happening we try and prevent it from happening through our neutering programs so Mayhew in London there is feral cat population and so we have a track neuter return program And then the animal welfare officers, you know, they go out and they respond to the rescue side. So they will, you know, respond to sick and injured and abandoned animals and bring them into the home to be seen by our theatre clinic um, and will come in for rehoming. But yes, the main aim is to, you know, recognise the issues and help as many animals outside 
of the home as we possibly can to prevent them from ending up in rescue. I'm very surprised that you're mentioning that also the wealthy areas. I mean, can you describe me a scenario like someone is wealthy, can, you know, pay the medical bills for the dogs, but something's happening like, for example, going they're going for cancer treatment or bereavement? Is that, is, am I touching on the right subject here? Yeah, yeah, totally. We're a very non-judgmental, approachable animal welfare charity. You know, just be, just because of somebody's, you know, financial status does not mean that they are not going through crisis situations themselves. So we do work very closely with people that suffer with mental health, drug and alcohol addiction. You know, we don't pigeonhole people for for the for the money that they have. And and that's what's so unique about us because we working on the front line and in the field and we are going into people's homes we're seeing the real pictures of what is exactly going on rather than pointing the finger and making an assumption as to what's going on and again you know I think and I, I don't want to sound judgmental myself but just working in rescue for over 25 years now I think that's something that needs to change. The reputation of rescue centres needs to change. We should be making the public feel comfortable coming to rescue rather than people feeling worried about what rescue may think of them when giving up their animal. Because we really do see and understand, you know, especially to, well, I'll say especially today, we're talking about a pandemic, but, you know, people are losing their jobs. Absolutely. People are in short-term housing and being moved around. People are being made homeless. This is, all these things affect people's mental health. People are, you know, losing their loved ones. And it's what we see on a daily basis. And when we get to know these people, you know, this is where the air starts to clear, if you like. And this is, that was the massive realisation for me when I started to work at Mayhew. I automatically, not automatically, but I felt like this kind of judgmental stigma needed to end and we should be saying, come to us, we will help you because we are the ones that are in the, the professionals, if you like, that are able to help and steer people in the right direction. I'm so glad you're saying that because you also very much look at the relationship between homeless and their dog, their situation, you try to cater for them because they can't separate from their dog. It's impossible. A homeless person will give up everything for their dog. I noticed that they have like a really strong bond. But in the same time, you've got like, well, if I may say, uh, Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, you know, uh, as a royal patron. And you just see this really, who, you know, she kind of stepped down from her role now, but she's a private patron. And, and I'm sure she must have been um, uh, drawn by your ethics that you're looking after all forms of um, attachments and situations. I, am I right to say that? Is that what. Exactly. Because she is about mental health, isn't she? Oh, oh, totally. She totally understands that. Definitely. She's got a very good understanding of what's going on in London, you know, and in these sorts of areas. And that is what drew her to us. Just that that unique approach. I think once it is explained to people in detail and they're able to come and, and talk to us and it it, it makes sense I, I can I can completely understand I mean for me when I started to work for Mayhew as an animal welfare officer 
I'd, I'd previously worked at other charities, excellent charities, all, all, all charity animal welfare charities are wonderful and they all have a unique approach to doing things. But for me, I was just feeling like I, I just constantly feeling like I was mopping up the situation. But for me, I wanted to get to the root cause of the situation. And, and I was able to do that by going out in the field and seeing exactly what was going on and, and obviously explaining all of this to Megan you know, really hit home. And and I, I feel that that is specifically what drew her to, to Mayhew, you know, the community outreach work. Absolutely. And I, I just want to say from a personal experience, I have a friend who's undergoing uh, terminal cancer and her dog is from the Mayhew. And um, I've had um, a little bit of a chat with one of the Mayhew officers who also remembered the dog and very well. And uh, you've been very, very careful to, and to tread carefully uh, the steps that you take um, the sensitive issues and that you only step in when the time really comes and and that the owner needs it but a lot you know it is such a tricky tricky situation and I I really like that you don't you you tread carefully you you don't just go in yeah yeah and, and I think that also highlights you know the type of people that the animal welfare officers are and the type of people that Mayhew Mayhew are you, you think that when you go into a role like this that you're your animal lovers which obviously you are but I think for Mayhew we're people lovers as well we work with people we understand the situations that people are in we want to help people you need to you need to help people first before before you can help the you know it's it's a it's a way in of helping those animals at the end of the day like i say otherwise you're just kind of you're just you're just mopping up a, um, a mess and 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 the, and the problems are not going to go away we need to understand and you know be realistic as to what is going on in our community and and face it and um yeah I, I, like i say when, when we are working in the community even even our animal welfare officers are are, are qualified in, in in mental health qualifications now you know we're really making sure that we're upskilling their their, their customer service and their mental health awareness and just to be able to continue to do the amazing work that they do in the community. And just a very quick one, we have so little time, but I wanted to ask, what are the credentials to become a foster parent? Because the fostering is also so important, the, ha- the, the halfway situation would say you're, something hasn't been resolved and, and the person cannot take care of the dog, but it may come back. And, uh, you know, we always talk about adoption, but what about the fostering? How do I qualify to become one of the foster parents of the Mayhew? Yeah, well, our our foster carers are like gold to us, obviously. They're amazing people. So um, we're always looking for um, foster carers, whether this is because we've got an animal in in care that needs uh, medical treatment or the animal isn't coping in a kennel environment or because, you know, like our pet refuge programme, if an elderly person has to, or anyone in a crisis situation has to go into hospital, for example, for a few weeks, they have no other friends or family that could help them and they're basically put into a position when they could end up having to lose their animal when they shouldn't have to so if uh, to be a foster carer obviously you just need experience of caring and and, and have a really good knowledge of understanding what it takes to settle in a dog or a cat that's in a um, kind of natural environment and 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 yeah i mean basically 
they would have to fill in an application form. There is a process, you know, the, the um, foster care coordinator would go through everything with them. But basically, you know, as, as long as they're um, willing to listen, we, we have no restrictions on whether they have a house and a garden, etc. As long as they're able, to, as long as they're around for most of the day, obviously we have to suitably match each dog to the um, and cat to the foster parent. But, you know, it's a process that, that um, we make sure that we completely support the foster carer through the whole through the whole process. But yeah, as long as you've, you're someone that has the time, has no other animals in their household, and can be able to part with the animal at the end of it, obviously you have to have that level of understanding um, that you're doing a very good, wonderful job. But at the end of the day, the animals have to go back to their owners or will be homed into a suitable potential new adopter. Absolutely. And, and this really just, I really understand. I, I didn't know that you shouldn't have another animal there when a, when you are a foster parent, because I have Robbie here, my nine-year-old. So uh, that means uh, that wouldn't be a great idea to get a, a dog, to foster a dog. Well, or I mean... It is a like I say, it is a matching process. Sometimes we have put um, other dogs into foster care with other dogs. You know, I mean, usually because it's a, it takes a lot of settling in and understanding, and a, and a dog getting used to a, a new routine in someone else's home, we sometimes find that it's easier. But it's not a definite no no. We would we would definitely talk more about that, and it would just be about basically making the, the right suitable match basically just making sure that your dog would be happy with that situation and the other dog so so yeah it's not a, it's not a definite no <laughs> no that's wonderful so each situation is unique in itself and that that's important it's not a total no and a total yes you know what I mean uh, just one thing and this is very important to me your program TerraPause uh, how, how can we become part of this well, I mean, the therapist has been put on hold for quite some time due to the pandemic. So we haven't been recruiting at the moment because we haven't been able to do the actual visits themselves. But basically, we have a, a group of Mayhew volunteers who are Mayhew, um, who are assessed. The, um, the volunteer and their own dogs are, are assessed um, as a team. We will re- obviously con- recruit in the, in the future, but like I say, at the moment, it's well, not this is put on hold but yeah so I think it again it is just about the process of applying and then there will be um, an application form there'll be an assessment the assessments um, happen over the phone and then there's a meeting in in the owner's own home with their dog and then there's an assessment outside of the home that happens in cafes etc and then basically we would then it would be then matching that specific team we call the the, the Mayhew vol, um, therapist volunteers with their own dog a team because it is about assessing the owner and the dog together and then again we're able to suitably match them to whatever type of animal therapy program that we that we are working with because it you know we do the visits to the elderly services and and hospitals but we also work with mental health and and children uh, mental health children's groups as well so again each dog is assessed as an individual with their owner and we we match them to whatever therapy we feel is best. 
It absolutely sounds amazing. The Mayhew could be a massive, you could be a massive blueprint for many other charities international. And of course, you have the Mayhew International that has started, but we have run out of time. And I think we need to talk again, Zoe, and talk about more of your outreach internationally as well in the future. It's, it's just would, such an would... honor for this quick talk that we have. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I will just say that just to understand that, that Mayhew's approach to animal welfare is changing the perception of how people see animals. And that's why we have this animal therapy program, because the, the bond between animals and humans and the results that we get and see through the, through the, through the Therapause program just reflects, they call it social prescribing these days, but it just reflects how important it is um, the importance and roles that animals play in improving human welfare. So if we can promote that and show that, then that's got to change the perception of how people see animals. And so if we can change the perception of how people see animals and, and teach people to respect them and understand them better through this, then that's got to improve animal welfare too. I hope there is a Mayhew all over Asia. <laughs> because we are getting there slowly. And I think with, with, with this whole concept of human to dog, dog to human, cat to dog, this the, to go dig a little bit deeper, I think that is the way forward to heal and to change the history of how animals were perceived uh, in the past. Thank you so much, Zoe, for your time. And we will be in touch with you again. You're so kind. 
For the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for Music In My Life. <laughs> yeah, yes. let's go. <laughs> I'm so glad no one can see me right now because I'm doing. I was doing some weird dance moves. You head off and then, yeah. <laughs> Prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You, the Wellbeing Podcast. I just became a lot more productive and happier. Mm. And for me, like, that's just worth it. The Weekly Roast, Music In My Life and How Are You. Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. In today's meditation session, we are going to follow on the chat with Zoe Edwards, head of animal welfare from the Mayhew, and focus on one of their core aims, which is non-judgmental. The Mayhew has a strong history of offering refuge to homeless people and animals, including a community veterinary clinic, giving community support and animal welfare services. They understand the links between social issues and animal welfare and believe that by helping people, they can help animals too. By taking a realistic and non-judgmental view of the difficult situations people can face, Mayhew are able to care for and rehome dogs and cats in need, change human behaviour and inform and educate the general public about animal welfare. Keeping this in mind, today I would like to focus on our meditation session around non-judgmental to others and living in the moment. So before we start, I would like to review the word non-judgmental, non-judgmental. And what it means in the Buddhist tradition, in the yoga tradition, because when we hear the word non-judgmental, we probably think of a judge or pointing fingers, judging something outside of oneself. But actually in the um, yoga Buddhist tradition, which merged thousands of years ago into one, the virtue of non-judgment is actually first and foremost not to judge oneself. So, as you know from Doga and the yoga tradition, what we're practicing on this podcast is always to turn our focus inwards. First and foremost, we can't help our dogs if we don't turn inwards. We can't change the situation exterior situation by not focusing first on what's going on for ourselves. Now this meditation may be hard to do when you're in a park holding your dog and there is a difficult situation. It's say one of the dogs is is starting to bark or God forbid attack your dog. You know, it's very hard to do that meditation or if you're on the tube the London Underground, as we are here in in the UK, or on the metro or the subway, to to not judge in that moment the person sitting opposite you. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they're chewing gum or not wearing a mask or whatever. Um, it's very hard to in that moment do the meditation. Or you're at work and you're stressed out. How can you go into non-judgment? if your work colleague stresses you out in that moment or or in your relationship 
you know, your husband, your wife, your spouse. In that moment, it's very hard. Or you're on holiday, your first holiday after lockdown. And you think, oh, I'm going to relax. And suddenly you start judging everybody on the beach. How do we get into this non-judgment state? Well, it means that you need to find space for yourself. And it means discipline. And even if it's two minutes or one minute of non-judgment, I want you to sit on a couch or wherever you're sitting right now, sitting down, keep your spine straight. And if your dog is there, maybe place them on your lap. And then come into the spine, come into the body. It's easier to just focus on the spinal column first, the top of the head, the shoulders, the hips. Make sure your feet are planted on the ground. You can do this lying down as well. And I'm doing this ujjayi breathing, as we always do, keeping the lips closed and sealed. If you are slightly blocked in the nose, keep your mouth slightly open, taking a deep breath, inhale. And deeply exhale. Drawing the breath from the feet into the crown of the head on the inhale. Slight hold. And exhale fully from the top of the head to the tail. Now we're going to vocalize our exhalation, taking a deep inhale from the tail into the crown of the head. And now we're just going to sigh. <sighs> just see what this does to your body. Taking a deep inhale from the tail into the crown. And exhale. <sighs> Your dog might respond to this exhale because there's air coming through your mouth, so they can feel that quite strongly. Do exaggerate it, it's fine. It's fine if your dog gets up and becomes nosy and wants to lick your nose <laughs> or gets up and walks away, whatever. Take another deep breath, inhale. I just want you to get a chance to bend your elbows and allow the palms of the hands to rotate upwards. So if you can just release the shoulders down. If you can't bend your elbows, just place your hands wherever they go. 
turning the palms upright. I just want you to relax into your shoulders. That's why there's a slight bend in the elbows. Now between the shoulder blades, we have our solar plexus. It resides between the shoulder blades. It's a strong, powerful center behind the heart. It's like our solar system. It is radiant, powerful. And it connects to the front of the heart. But before we start, we move into our shoulders because judgment, when we judge, it goes into the shoulders. It comes from the shoulders. And that's why we like to point the finger when we judge. We reach out with our hand forward. It comes as an expression from the shoulder blades. But really where it comes from is the back and front of the heart. I know this is very complex, but I just want you to allow your shoulders to drop and we're going to move into the left, back left shoulder first and slowly start feeling the whole shape of our left shoulder blade. And you can do this also focusing on your dog's left shoulder blade. You can even, if you want to place one hand on his left shoulder blade. Remember, every meditation you do for yourself will affect your dog. And now just breathe around the outskirts of your left shoulder blade. The visual aspect here is that the shoulder blades look like the continent of Africa. That kind of helps to just breathe into that shape all the way around. Breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in. Breathing out. Now feel that left shoulder starting to expand, really feeling. Imagine that you could breathe into that left shoulder blade and it starts expanding. And I want you to think of breathing in judgment and breathing out non-judgment. So drawing in whatever it is that you're judging And just breathe out, I am non-judgmental. And again, breathing in. Breathing out, I am non-judgmental. Breathing in. Visualize the shoulder blades as you're breathing in. Breathing out, I am non-judgmental. One more, breathing in. The 
and breathing out, I am non-judgmental. You should find that even thinking or saying the word non-judgmental, your shoulders start to drop. They ease the muscles around the trapezius muscle, the neck line. Everything starts to ease. Imagine you're breathing in a non-judgmental left shoulder blade and breathing out a non-judgmental left shoulder blade. Literally see it in front of you. You should start feeling that your left chamber of your heart starts opening as you drop that shoulder. Keep the word non-judgmental. Maybe even the third eye starts opening. Things that you wanted to say and couldn't say. Feel it in your throat. What are you holding back and what did you want to judge and what did you want to express and haven't expressed yet? Lots of things will arise once you get into that space. Okay, let's start moving into the right shoulder blade. Most of us are right-handed and this is not a judgmental observation. I do think a lot of people are right-handed on this planet <laughs> but also for the left-handed people that's fine we're going to move into the right shoulder blade now you might find even a different sensation around that blade maybe more weight through the wrist the palm of the hand the upper arm the forearm and let's work into the outskirts of the right Atlas, uh, the right continent of our shoulder blades. See the African continent, the continent of Africa, breathing in around the shape of the shoulders. Exhale, non-judgment. Breathing in. And breathing out. Keeping the spine long, the body straight. Keep grounded through your feet. Inhale. Exhale. How's that right side? How does it feel? Is it different? Is it lighter? Is it heavier? Stiffer? Softer? More creative? We non-verbally communicate through our shoulders. If we can't express it through the throat, it is held in the shoulders and still remains a communication. 
But the good news is the shoulders are connected to the heart. And this is where we're going to go next. So as you release that right shoulder, you also can move into your dog's right shoulder blade. They also have a solar plexus. They don't judge like us, but they do have that energy point. I'm now rubbing, uh, rubbing Robbie's paws as I'm doing this for some reason. So if something feels right for you to touch your dog in a different way, and you're feeling this meditation, you're really rocking with this meditation, you start feeling energy coming through where you would like to distribute this onto your dog, then get, you know, do what you have to do. Use your intuition. Remember your dog holds the emotion for you in their body. That is so important to know. So whatever you're letting go, you can show your dog by touching your dog in the right place that this is okay, I'm letting it go now, it's fine, it's good. Okie dokie. We're coming into the next mantra, mudra, of non-judgment. And it's the word guilt. And I want to meditate on guilt. Because these uh, guilt and non-judgment are two of the same coin two parts of the same coin. And I want you to start moving into the back of the shoulders, front of the heart, potentially on the top of the shoulders as well. And just say, I am not guilty. Or breathe in, breathe out, I am not guilty. I am not guilty. Exhale. Breathing in. Breathing out. I am not guilty. And see whether you are holding guilt. Whatever guilt it is. What's happening to your shoulders? Do they respond to the word guilt? Feel a shift in your body now, perhaps a shift in the weight where you're holding in your body through the feet, a gentle shift, I am not guilty, it takes time to release that. icing on the cake. The next mantra is I forgive myself and everyone. And you can place your hand on your heart center. And exhale. I forgive myself and everybody. I forgive myself and everyone. 
And if the I am not guilty is still working for you and it's more dominant in your mind, body, then stay with that. Stay a little longer. You might not be ready to forgive and that's fine. <laughs> but it really comes from the heart center, this forgiveness. It also helps to place maybe one hand on your forehead and just press the palm of your hand on your forehead and press the heart at the same time and say, I forgive myself and everyone, especially if you have migraines. I forgive myself and everyone. Deep breathing. Press the hand into the forehead, the forehead into the hand, really press against it. It does help with the forgiveness part. And also breathe into your heart center. Feel the shoulders dropping. You can also circle the hand that is pressing against your forehead. Slight circular motion. See if that helps. Or you can also circle the heart with your hand. You should really activate the shoulder blades. It should trigger them. The top of the shoulders, the trapezius, the rhomboids, all of it. Can we take everything out of our shoulders? Into the heart, down into our body. Really taking that tension out of the shoulders. Now, wherever you want to be with your hand, if you want to keep your hand and keep your, sorry, keep your hand remained on whatever mudra chakra that feels right, you can maybe take the other hand and one more time place it on your dog now. And gently circle their solar plexus. So between the shoulder blades, you can do a little circular motion between their shoulder blades and just circle that space. Circle the back of their heart. The shoulder blades are the same as our shoulder blades. They hold a lot between their shoulder blades. And if they're a little dog, maybe just use your thumb to circulate between the shoulder blades. I forgive. I am not guilty. And now take your hand down to the side. Relax, rest. You can still massage your dog with one hand, but I want you now to come to the final part of this meditation is to visualize your external world. 
visualize a situation that might trigger you things that get stressful for you maybe a person that stresses you out or just visualize a, a park with people and their dogs or something and just now imagine you're walking into this sphere that you've created come into it and visualize it and just breathe into your heart this is now the situation that you're in before this meditation this might have triggered you but now you're going to breathe into your shoulders and heart and visualize a situation where the people in front of you or the person in front of you starts smiling and they're being relaxed through you and you sort of send that relaxation out to them you can affect their shoulders their heart by simply being in your shoulders and heart center i'm not guilty i forgive just see what comes up in front of you in your mind's eye what's coming up for you can you see the scenario it could be the london underground and really feel a sense of joy that you have found this energy and you're smiling and you're sending this smile over to other people or to the person that you're meditating on and that person slowly starts smiling too just see it use the breath use the breath the breath is the key the breath is the glue the breath helps you to meditate the breath helps you to stay with your own feelings your own emotion now do you realize how much comes from you how much we judge outside and yet it is us judging ourselves holding it holding guilt permanently throughout the day and night even when do we ever let go and before you can resolve an exterior situation why not look inside the body the mind what is going And everything will start falling into place. You will see people respond more friendly towards you, less reactive, or you might react less. And you can just, this is the alchemy of life, is transform any situation. <laughs> Whether it's a kerfuffle in the park with the dogs, you don't need to pull on the lead, you don't need to react to it. So with this, I'm going to place the palms of my hands into the heart center. And today we're going to use a mantra from the Buddhist tradition. And it goes like this. nam yo ho reng kyo 
follow me. Nam your hearts, follow your dreams, na ma pa. Thanks for listening to Conversations with My Dog. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. And talking of spreading the news, please tell another person about the podcast and help us reach more people and dogs. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Namapa. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.